What happens when high school students decide our topics, ask our questions, tell our stories, find our voices? It's the Face to Face Podcast. <laughs> What's good? What's up? It's the Angelo Show. The Angelo Show. Just how I like it right there. And a special guest in the studio today goes by the name of Dave, music teacher. Yeah, so Dave, I got yes, some questions sir. for you. Welcome, Dave. Thanks. Good to be here. And I'm looking forward to a conversation with Angelo, yeah. who is actually a student in my class. So this is great. So how did you get into music, fall in love with music? How did you know music was your passion? Well, it's a great question. Um, I grew up in a musical family. My father was a jazz musician. He played saxophone and clarinet, and he actually traveled in big bands around the Midwest area, uh, you know, like going down to Omaha, uh, up to oh, probably North Dakota. There were there were these places called ballrooms. They were like these very big rooms where these jazz bands that had maybe 40 people in them would go to play and people would dance. And it was kind of a big deal. So my dad was in a few of these big band, uh, these big bands playing saxophone and clarinet. He was really good. And I probably listened to him practice when I was inside my mother. <laughs> Sounds kind of funny, but I really do believe, and I think there's some scientific studies that show that if a baby is exposed to music even before they're born, they're going to have a little bit more of an advantage and maybe passion for music because they find it comforting. So from... Even before I was born, I was exposed to what I think was really good music. My folks listened to really good jazz music. Growing up in fourth grade, I took a test to see if I was musical, and, and I was. And I took lessons on the clarinet. <laughs> and I was placed in the band because I did good with this test and so I took clarinet lessons at least once a week. And I had a card that required me to fill out this card showing that I had practiced 30 minutes every day. So uh, I, I, uh, I lied a lot. I would put down 30, but I really practiced 15 minutes. But I did really well. I became, well... Between me and this girl named Kathy Lesmeister, we were first chair, which means you are the best of, let's say, six clarinet players. So I became pretty good. I did that for four years. Okay. But during that time, I had a brother that got a guitar, and the rock band, the Beatles, mm -hmm. started to come into America through television, and they toured here, and it was so exciting that I decided I want to learn guitar. Yeah. So I had a brother that had gotten a guitar through the mail, and I had a friend, my best friend that lived next door, actually built a guitar. His dad was a carpenter and had a wood shop, and my friend just decided to build a guitar, so I said, Randy, can I do that too? <laughs> he built his second one, and I built my first one, and that was my first guitar. And I started to play guitar, and my clarinet career ended in eighth grade. 
because I had to go to the high school band and they wanted me to march. Marching maybe for some people, but, you know, I'd get up and demonstrate to you how silly it looked to me (laughs) to march. Let's see. Let's see it, Dave. You, you really? <laughs> no. I, no. <laughs> Anyways, so to the displeasure of my dad, I quit the clarinet. I quit band. And from that point on, I started learning Beatles songs on guitar and Johnny Cash songs because my best friend was into Johnny Cash. You may not be familiar with a lot of these the people that I grew up listening to, but... I know they big, though. They big, big people. That's crazy. Yeah, so I, I was so hungry. I wanted to learn all the songs I was listening to the, on the radio. Mm-hmm. And then my mother knew that I was interested in strings, you know, and, and guitar. And she went to a yard sale once and bought a little cheap banjo. And so I kind of got passionate about learning how to play banjo. And I was kind of a misfit in high school. I didn't really fit in any group. So banjo is one of those things that takes a lot of practice in fact, everything I play took a lot, a lot of practice. And because I wasn't really a very, you know, social, I didn't fit into with a lot of people. So I would spend a lot of time practicing. Wow. I want to know, what instruments did you learn and how did you play them? That's a great question. Well, the clarinet was the first. The guitar, I learned how to play guitar from a book called Mel Bay. Guitar Method, I think is what it was called. Mel Bay was this guy, before the internet, if you wanted to learn an instrument, you had to get a book or learn from somebody. There was no YouTube. No YouTube. No. (laughs) I'm in a small town where there's a lot of farms, and it's hard to even buy a record because there were only records back then. There was no YouTube. There was no CDs. There was no smartphones. So if you wanted to buy music... You had to go down to the drugstore, and I didn't buy records because I didn't have any money. I'm from a family of 12 children, so there wasn't a whole lot of money to give to the kids to do things. Where, do you, where do you fit in in those 12? Are you like in the middle? Are you the baby? Where? I'm the eighth. Yeah, so I'm kind of I'm at the young end of the middle kids. We divided it into the old kids, the middle kids. And the little kids. So I was the youngest of the middle kids. Hey, you know YouTube is crazy. <laughs> no, YouTube? no YouTube? No YouTube. So how did you learn how to play guitar from the book? Like you just like, they had the chords on there? Yeah. Yes. That's exactly how it was. They'd give the title of the song. Below the title of the song, there was the diagram of the chords. And if you want to learn this way, I could get you one of these books, but it would show the chords and then it would show the words to the music with little notes and where the chord comes in, there would be that little diagram. It's kind of like a stamp of the chord. So it would say like C or you recognize this, G, E minor, G, E minor. And you would just kind of strum. And I don't know, my friend probably helped me learn how to strum. But, you know, did anybody teach you to strum? Because you're a good strummer. <laughs> no, I just... You just picked it up, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I wanted to know, like, they had the words and they had the chords. Right. So is that how you learned how to, like, play while singing? 
Because that is hard, too. Well, yeah, that opens up a whole new... <laughs> That's a good question, too. I had to really practice hard to sing while I was playing. Yeah. And I think once you get comfortable enough with strumming and with changing chords, that's when you can start to sing, I think. I'm sure there's some people that just can do it right away, but I couldn't. And yeah, it's that switching. It's that switching. That switching. The switching just takes a ton of practice, hours and hours. But still, to this day, I don't like my voice too much. I sing out of tune a lot, and I'm always working on singing. See, that's the thing about it, though. You're working on it. You do it yeah. anyway. <laughs> yeah. And that's what it's all about, really. Well, it feels good even working on it. Yeah. I mean, sometimes it's frustrating. And the other thing I'm working on is I'm pretty out of shape with playing electric guitar and bending strings. And I, I actually have a gig on Wednesday. What is today? Is today Tuesday? Yeah, tomorrow night tomorrow. I got to play in a bar. And it's a blues band. What you playing? I play electric guitar. What song? Oh, we play blues guys like Muddy Waters and Howlin' Wolf and Wilson Pickett. And on YouTube, I could find a few songs that we're going to play. Maybe you could play one in music class. Yeah, sure. I will. Yeah, I think I'm a little too young. I don't, I don't, know, I don't know who them people will. <laughs> you know, I, I'm almost sure that if you heard one of the blues songs that we play, you could probably drum to it because it's not real complicated music. But for me, it takes bending strings a lot because that's what I like to do. And my wrists are a little bit out of shape for doing that because I don't play that style of music. But playing in class sort of keeps me in shape with acoustic. I love it, I tell you the yeah, truth. Yeah, incredible acoustic is absolutely insane. I wish I can do all that as well. Thank you, man. Yeah, if I could, like, I would go out on a very nice day, go to the park or something and just play for people or just go on the beach or something. like. Well, you, will, you will do that. I've played outdoors. I've played... Spaghetti dinners, I've played funerals, I've played weddings, and almost all of those were acoustic. And I've played out in fields. I played once at a farm on like a hay wagon. <laughs> I went up north in the middle of the winter and put my guitar and my fiddle on a sled. And we walked across a frozen lake and I played a square dance. Really? Wow. So the cool thing is, if you get good enough and people want you to play, you're going to get into some pretty interesting situations. Yep. All of that seems very, very fun. Yeah, if that's what you want to get into, I'm really pleased and honored to help you get there. Yeah, and I, I know you will. So you talk about the drums. How did you learn drums? I've been in a lot of bands, and at times I would just sit down on the drummer's kit, and if you watch a drummer enough... And I'd encourage you to watch drummers on YouTube. If you watch people, you kind of get the idea of that whole kick, snare, kick, snare, which is the basic foundation of a lot of American rock music. It's kick, snare, kick, snare, or it's kick, kick, snare, kick, kick, snare, mm -hmm. or it's kick, snare, kick, kick, snare. <laughs> it, you can do so many things. It's, it, it's absolutely it, awesome. And it's, it's like unbelievable. I've watched Anderson Pack. You know what Anderson Pack is? Yeah, um, I don't. You don't? Well, I think you'd like his, some of his stuff there. Cool. Yeah, he's mm -hmm. a really great drummer. 
Well, keep watching them because you'll get ideas. So for me, once you have sort of the basic idea, I can't do the fills that I want to do, but I can hear them in my head. I have a brother that's a very good drummer. He's in New York City, and he's got his own band there. Here's what he said. He told me he used to click his teeth. He'd make up beats with his teeth. With, with his teeth. <laughs> <laughs> Hear that? I do. It, it was fire. <laughs> That's the thing that he did. And um, if you can't do it with your teeth, the thing is, wherever you are, you can come up with a beat, and then you just have to transfer that information, transfer that beat to a kit. And that kit that we have is an electronic kit. If you have a real kit, you kind of have to learn that too. But the one thing I will say, the biggest pain in the neck of learning any of these things is maintaining your equipment, setting it up, you know, like changing strings. Once you get all that, it isn't too bad. But once you get that all done, and here's what I would recommend if you're looking for recommendations, I would recommend that you have headphones with YouTube or something, and you got a smartphone, right? Mm -hmm. Connect your smartphone, and I'll tell you the old way we used to do it. We used to have a CD player. You know what CDs are? Yeah. (laughs) Barely. Anyways, it was the way we would play music, and you'd run a headphone like this to the CD player right next to the drum kit. I mean, this is what I saw drummers do, and this is what I did with guitar. And while the music's playing... You try to copy that beat, and you have to press pause. You know what pause is? <laughs> you do know that the two dashes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so you hear the beat, you pause it, you practice that beat, go back, play it again. Did I get it? Uh, nope, i got to get it, do it again. Pause it, practice it again, and just keep doing that. But I recommend doing it if you can get some Bluetooth speakers. They're kind of expensive, but you can connect your speakers to YouTube and that way you have headphones and you can, but there's, there's workarounds to practice drums. There's other workarounds, like there's probably drums that have a built-in thing. I, I don't know. <laughs> but we can look into it because if you really are serious about this, you're going to have to set up a way to practice at home. Yeah, sure. I'll help you with that. All right. But that's the way that I learned by listening I'd try to identify what the drummer was doing or that I still am trying to identify what guitar players do because it's infinite how many guitar players I love and how much they're doing that I can't do, but I want to do. Who's your favorite? Boy, it kind of depends on the day. I really like this guy who plays with the Rolling Stones named Ron Wood. I always liked his style. And as far as blues, there's a guy named Buddy Guy that I have been listening to a lot. Okay. So there's two, but it, it you know, depends on the style, right? Since you're talking about favorites, who's your favorite artist? You know, as far as an artist, just generally, I would say that Bob Dylan is going to go down in history as, if not the best or one of the best songwriters ever. Really? But there's rock bands that I, that I love, but... It changes from day to day, but I grew up listening to the Rolling Stones and the Beatles. Those are at the top. And then a lot of people 
going down from there, like Neil Young and Joni Mitchell, and the list goes on. The band, I could make a list for you, but I don't think you would recognize anybody. <laughs> probably not. Probably not. <laughs> so who was like? I, I'm an old guy. Uh, Ron Wood. So what is his top song? Well, I, I've actually performed one of them. It's called Mystifies Me and Far East Man. Those are more like ballads, but he played guitar for a song called Stay With Me that was recorded by a guy named Rod Stewart, which has some really... The thing that I like about Ron Wood Wood's guitar playing mm-hmm. is it's a little bit sloppy, and he has a very nicely distorted tone and... I don't know if you know what that means, but I, I can demonstrate it sometimes. So it's floppy, but it's smooth. Like, it sounds really good, though. Yeah. Okay. It, yeah, it's, it's really relaxed. Mm-hmm. You know, my dad once told me, and I'll never forget this comment, he said, it's the rough edge that makes music good. And I think what he meant by that is you want to keep your humanness in it. You don't want things to be absolutely perfect and the th- deal is, a lot of people want to be perfect, and computers can make things perfect, but you want to keep your humanity. Right. Even if it's a little bit flawed, that's what makes music great, and you know that's what makes people be able to relate to it. See, that kind of goes like with my next question right here. Is like, how did you train your mind to switch the chords and stuff like that? And then, like, you know, you can get frustrated. But in music class, I noticed that you tell me to, like, stop. Mm-hmm. And just think about it and then not force myself and hurry up. Just like relax and then try it again. Does that work? It does. Cool. Yeah, that's a big part of, I think, anything in life. Over the past four days, I was putting together a 500-piece puzzle with my wife, with my honey, and <laughs> at times with the granddaughters. And we would get stuck where we couldn't find a single piece. So you know what we did? We walked away for a little while. Mm. We got a little space from it. That's that whole mental break. And I can tell you that a lot of times you'd come back and that piece that you were looking for was right there. You just noticed it. And so I think you got to give your mind a mental break every once in a while. And the other thing is sometimes you can work at something for weeks or months and It's not happening, but then all of a sudden you'll have a breakthrough. And if you haven't experienced a breakthrough moment, when you do, you'll realize, oh, this is how learning occurs. You know, it is. Sometimes it takes a long time, but if you keep at it, no matter what it is, you're going to get a breakthrough. I train my mind by knowing that I'm going for the breakthrough. It might not happen today, but another thing just along that question, that a lot of times people say that somebody is very, very talented. And I said this in class this week. The talent is oftentimes mistaken for what amounts to being very patient with yourself. Got to be. You got to be patient. Especially when it comes to learning yeah. like instruments. Oh, yeah, especially. So the people that are most patient, they're the ones that end up looking very talented. But the key is that Everybody else quit, and you stayed with it. You had the patience to stay with it. 
Yeah. And oftentimes you'll hear people say, like, oh, they're, they're an overnight success. And it's just like it took a decade to become an overnight success. Right? That's they worked right. every day for 10 years, and then they finally got a break and they made it. Yep. Nobody sees the stuff that led up to that break, though. Absolutely. There's a, a saying that luck is where opportunity meets preparation. So Yeah. So how long have you been teaching music class in this school, in Fashion Academy? That's a good question. I was just looking that up today because I thought you might ask that. I started, I'm pretty sure, in March of 2017. So wow. I'm coming up on my five years. Wow. wow. So wow. tell me about a student who had a significant impact on you because it had to have been in those. A student that had a significant impact? Mm -hmm. hmm. Like whose passion was like really driven into music and wanted to learn? You mean even back then? Anytime. It just Anytime. Like in your years of teaching music class at the school. Well, I got to say, there was one boy named Christian in the beginning who was very passionate and was going nuts, practicing all of the time. Every time, you know how Jason is when he comes in? Mm -hmm. He's got like a different song that he's learned. Yeah. By the way, he's a great guitarist, by the way. He is. Yeah. Yeah. But that's, he just can't put it down. <laughs> it's a really cool comment, though. I agree. But Christian was kind of like that. And the whole class vibe and atmosphere and the way we do it is 100% better than when Christian was coming in. Because when Christian was here, I didn't really know how to teach the class. So everybody would try playing, uh, what is it called, Seven Something Army, Seven Nations Army by the White Stripes. You know, so, okay, that's cool, but I didn't really know how to involve everybody in what Christian knew, and so he just kind of took over, and we didn't have a keyboard, we didn't have drums, so all we had was these guitars that were breaking every class. <laughs> it, didn't, it didn't have an easy beginning, but Christian, but I would say right now, the passion that you have and that Jason has and... That Benjamin, the group I have now is like the most passionate and the best group that I've had. We've made terrific recordings. <laughs> they, yeah. yeah. So, sure, so it's better than it's ever been, and I'm really having a great time. Oh, don't make me cry. Don't make me cry. <laughs> <laughs> me too. Yeah. But this is a good time. And now we got this podcast that's amazing. Yeah. So yeah, things are going pretty well, we, you know. We'll just ride this wave, right? Yeah, and I think, like, Face-to-Face -face Academy is an amazing school. I think it's the best school I've ever been to. I think more uh, people should come here. And speaking of like, your students in our music class and who's in there and their passions, I would ask you, how do you want your students to remember you? Hmm. Well, I would say uh, I'd want them to remember me as somebody that's passionate about music but also passionate about my students yeah. just about that that you once you leave this school that you do well that you um that you follow your dreams i want to i want to be remembered as somebody that kind of just helped along the way of, of you growing up and um and, and following your passions and whether you're successful or not that, that you have a good life beyond this school and that you always remember your good experience and take that into your future. 